Okay, so hi, uh, my name is Brian Altas. Um, in this video, I'll be talking about the Gothic undead in Gothic literature. Um, and so, yeah, so there's some history of the undead. Um, so tales of undead beings have been around for centuries. Uh, one of the earliest references, the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, was written from sometime around 2700 to 2500 BCE. Um, and so the undead are seen like almost everywhere, in, or not everywhere, but in a lot of places in contemporary literature and film and urban legends. And they're very present in Gothic literature and film, like horror films and stuff. And so there's, there's also numerous different forms of undead beings, um, ranging from vampires to zombies to ghouls. And so the undead's very present in both historical and contemporary Gothic literature. And so in the six books we'll be focusing on in this presentation, uh, they are Frankenstein, Dracula, Beloved, Sing and Buried Sing, Mexican Gothic, and The Only Good Indians. And so in these novels, uh, the undead operate in unique, nuanced ways, and they're significant in building the story and atmosphere of Gothic novels. And they're significant, uh, and, but over time, there's been a shift in the general usage or style of the undead within, from historical Gothic to current Gothic literature. So there's been like a general shift between those time periods and how the undead has been used. And so in Frankenstein and Dracula, the undead are the main protagonists that, or the main antagonists that the protagonists must defeat. Um, and they kind of form the main source of conflict within both novels. The undead are seen as vengeful creatures. Uh, for example, Dracula, he's a vampire. Vampires feed off the living in order to survive or perpetuate the species. So uh, he's kind of a villain eating like living beings and Frankenstein, he's a, creator, a creation that eventually turns against his creator and ends up killing members of uh, Victor Frankenstein's family. So kind of vengeful. And so the undead characteristics of Frankenstein's creation and Count Dracula drives the conflicts between them and the protagonists. And so as I mentioned before, in Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein abandons his creation due to its grotesque undead nature, claiming he's created a monster, and the creature becomes otherized by society due to its appearance in its undead self, and which drives it to take revenge on Victor. In this way, the creature's identity as an other due to his undead nature drives the novel's conflict between Victor and his creation. So it's really in the in Frankenstein and in these novels, um, the undead qualities of these creatures are really what create the conflict. And Dracula, Dracula's vampiric nature, as the undead forces him to feed off the living to survive, and this creates the main conflict between him and the living protagonist, uh, being essential to the plot in the novel, since the living obviously don't want to be eaten, and it kind of just creates this internal conflict between the two parties. And so in The Only Good Indians, a more contemporary novel, um, the undead helped develop the general atmosphere of the novel as a whole. So as an example, um, in Elkhead, woman's game of one-on-one -on -one with Nora, um, she returns in the form of Shani, a character who had already died earlier in the novel. 
And so it kind of gives an element of supernatural power to the Al-Qaeda woman. Um, second mods against Nora because it's a character that you've already seen die, yet it's kind of, they've come back to life that have this undead supernatural power. And this is further reinforced by uh, the Al-Qaeda woman's easy layup at the beginning of the game. Or dunk, um, and it's, it just shows like a supernatural element of power that it increases the tension within the novel. And as the reader fears for Denora's safety, um, because she's faced against this seemingly unstoppable being that's undead, come back to life, immoral, and almost like all powerful. And so this is similar in Mexican Gothic, undead acts in a similar way. It helps build a novel surrounding atmosphere. One example is Hal Doyle. And so the discovery that he's this immortal being that can sort of control minds, it stacks thoughts against Naomi, similar to how stacks thoughts against Nora. Um, it causes the reader to fear for Naomi's safety in a similar manner because it's this all powerful, controlling being that's undead that it just creates elements and atmosphere of fear and terror. Another example is Agnes Doyle. Um, she's a truly undead being kept alive by a parasitic fungus. Um, her grotesque decayed nature dramatically increases the atmosphere of uh, terror slash horror within the novel's closing chapters as Naomi discovers the full extent of the Doyle family's monstrosity. And so it's like a true, complete terror and the body's visually disturbing to the reader, adding to this like horrible, monstrous atmosphere, like that reach in the climax of the novel, that like where the novel reaches its peak. And um, so, in Beloved, in Tony Norrison's Beloved, the undead's used more to explore the traits slash guilt slash memories of living characters. An example of this is Setha in Beloved. In the novel, uh, the character Beloved acts as an undead spiritual embodiment of uh, Setha's dead daughter. And this acts to bring back the memories and guilt from Setha's past, uh, her tragic past as like a slave. And then when she killed her own baby daughter, Beloved, to try and prevent her from being taken into slavery. And so Setha's guilt, which is caused by Beloved's return in this undead spiritual environment form, it reveals more about her character and it shapes her actions. Uh, for And then, for example, at one point, Setha's guilt causes her to forgo her own personal well-being to provide for Beloved. This is seen as she keeps on giving food and just care to Beloved as she lets herself starve. And she quits her job just to be constantly at home and supporting of this undead beloved that's come back in the form as similar to her own dead daughter. And then in Sing and Buried Sing, this also acts in a similar way uh, where the undead's also used to explore characters' traits, memories, and past. One example is Richie's and Pop's relationship in the novel. Um, Richie, who's a ghostly undead character, he's more of a ghost than an undead being, but they share similar qualities. They're both in like a liminal space um, between life and death, the undead and ghost. Um, so that character is used to, by the author to reveal more about Pop's tra tragic past 
It adds additional nuance to Papa's living character, showing his both his good and his bad. Um, so it's kind of like it shows how Pop cared for Richie and loved him, but it also shows how he murdered him and it reveals his inner guilt for killing Richie. And this kind of like explains why he never finishes his story um, to JoJo about Richie. And so another example is given in uh, Leone. Given acts as a silent, ghostly presence for Leone and that judges and shapes her actions throughout the novel. And this kind of encourages Leone to do better, so to be a better parent. So that's kind of how the undead, these undead ghostly characters uh, sing a buried sing, explore the characters' traits, memories, and past. And so some shifts from the past and present. Um, while the undead has operated in various different manners throughout the history of gothic literature, uh, readers can observe some general shifts uh, from the past to the present. One shift uh, has been from mostly using the undead as this plot-centric antagonist that drives the novel's conflict to using the undead as more of a background element that enhances character development and the atmosphere of uh, the general atmosphere of the novel. And so, in the, for example, in the past, in novels such as Dracula and Frankenstein, uh, as I mentioned before, Frankenstein's creation and Count Dracula just serve as this, like antagonists that the protagonist must defeat. It's something that they overcome. They have directly conflicting issue, uh, issues. Because Dracula, uh, Frankenstein seeks revenge since he's abandoned and such otherwise. Um, because of his undead characteristics. So there's a sole focus on just his undead qualities that causes him to be segregated by the community. And in a similar manner, Dracula is hunted because he must eat the living as a vampire in order to survive and perpetuate his species, forming a core conflict between the undead and uh, the living. And so in these novels, it kind of just the entire plot focuses around these characteristics. And then in the present, in novels such as uh, Mexican Gothic and the Only Good Indians, undead qualities influence the plot in the general atmosphere, but do not directly drive the conflict. So, for example, in, Mex uh, in the Only Good Indians, the Elkhead woman attacks the protagonist not because of the unjust, uh, because of an unjust murder they committed in the past, and not specifically because it is in her undead nature to do so. And the protagonists are not defending against the Elkid woman, not solely because of her undead nature, but because she's attacking them based off this revenge plot because they had committed an unjust murder early in the novel or in the Thanksgiving classic. Um, and so in Mexican Gothic, uh, Naomi does not fight against the Zoro family solely because they have undead qualities, even though that's part of it. It's more also because they have trapped her and her cousin in their mansion, and she kind of has to escape. And the plot is centered around her getting herself and her cousin and eventually Francis out of the mansion and not just fighting against the undead qualities of the Doyle family. And so in novels such as uh, Beloved and Sing and Buried Sing, the undead provide greater insight into the qualities of the living and past, uh, into the qualities and past of the living. 
Um, so as an example, as stated before, so beloved trapped Setha in her memories of her haunting past. And then uh, Richie causes Pop to reveal how he murdered Richie. And given access to the silent judge that influences Leonie's actions. So they're kind of just drawing out these memories and influencing the actions of the living. So they're more of a background presence than some foreground driving the plot, plot centric presence. Um, and then, so another shift has been from using the undead primarily as a uh, foreign, otherwise antagonist, which reflected some racist tendencies using the undead in a more nuanced manner that occasionally subverted these traditional expectations. Um, so for example, in the historical, historical novel, Dracula, the undead antagonists who are otherwise for their inhuman appearance and seen as a threat, they're racially coded as Eastern, demonstrating the author's biased negative view of people from the East. So the author is framing these or he's portraying these undead, ghostly, ghoulists, inhumane characters, and then he's also framing them as Eastern, representing like a negative opinion of people from the East, and it's kind of like this reverse invasion slash colonization of Western Europe and Britain by these Eastern undead characters, and so just represents racist tendencies towards Eastern people. But on the other hand, uh, in more contemporary novels, such as Mexican Gothic, uh, Naomi, the protagonist who's living, is um, otherized by the undead Doyle family. Um, so this is like a complete role reversal from historical novels such as Dracula. So it's more, it's the Western, Europe, the European, British undead who are, who are like grotesque, and the antagonists, they are the ones otherizing the living. And so it's just a complete role reversal from novels such as um, Dracula. And then, so just as a general summary, overall, in each of these Gothic novels, um, undead beings have a significant impact in shaping character development, the main conflict between the story and the overall atmosphere and tone of the book. Uh, despite the differing forms, appearances, and effects, the, or, the undead remain consistently relevant in Gothic literature, having a nuanced yet powerful influence over previous, current, and future novels within this genre. And so that's kind of the presentation. There's the work study page. And then, yeah, so just thank you. That was my presentation on the undead within Gothic literature. I hope you enjoyed it. And so yeah, that's about it.